Have you ever been in that moment? That moment where you're sitting there, you don't know where to go. You're questioning every single decision you've made, whether it be personal, professional, in your career, in your learning path. Well, I know someone who has. You're not alone. And even I've been there in that moment. Probably anyone, any adult you talk to has been there. In this episode, you'll be meeting Laura Hoyer. You'll hear about her journey and how Laura went from being a trained teacher that had a difficult realization that anyone committed to any career would struggle with, wanting to change careers. Learn how Laura took this difficult learning, this opportunity. She sat in the midst of teaching and learning all that she could about ideal careers and the application process and how she used her skills as a learner and an educator to tap into her why. Why? Why do we do anything? Life's too short not to wear bright colors, explore the world, meet new people, and share our learnings and experiences with each other. Hi, I'm Laura DeMars from Teaching From Beyond the Desk podcast. I'm a seasoned STEM educator, passionate about lifelong learning and personal reflection and continued growth. I'm here to share my experiences, talk to others, connect and grow together. I travel, I love to read, I reflect about teaching practices and play with fashion and makeup, and I always strive to live authentically as my nerdy self. Follow along and join the journey as we keep teaching and learning from beyond the desk. Laura. Hi, Laura. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, I'm great. Thank you for joining me here on this lovely day. I wanted to let you know that I thank you just for for being willing to jump on here and chat a little bit. Anyways, I would love to just get to know you a little bit more. I know that we've talked a little bit. um, Your story is really compelling to me as you've been a teacher. um, And you you asked or you've talked about a specific question um, that actually really piqued my interest. It was mainly this point of of talking about when you realized you really didn't want to become a teacher or you didn't want to be a teacher anymore. That moment in October that you were in the midst of teaching and that you had already been on this trajectory and you mentioned that you had been in your middle school career, you were on a master's kind of platform, you were paying off student loans. Can you talk about that moment in October a little bit and how you started to come to terms with not wanting to be a teacher anymore? Yeah, absolutely. So to set the stage a little bit, um, I had always wanted to be a teacher. Like as early as I can remember, ever since I started going to school, I was like, that's what I want to do. That's my calling. Um, And I was confident. There was no second guessing ever in my entire school career where I was like, well, maybe not. No, it was like, that's it. That's, I love it. It's meant for me. Um, It's going to be great. Um, I got into college and I had a great experience there. My student teaching was awesome. I loved that. I loved being creative in the classroom. And then I got my own teaching job. And the first year that I taught, I, um, I was hired right before the school year started. So I had to pick up everything and move in a week. And um, I was told by um, other people in the school that the group of kids that I was getting that year were a very rough group. 
So the whole year when I was kind of struggling, I was telling myself two things. I was telling myself, it is my first year. It's going to be rough no matter what. And then I also said like, next year will be better. This is a particularly rough group of kids. So then my second year came around and I was super excited to have that better group of kids. And um, I still struggled. It was better because I was more familiar with the school and what I was teaching, but I was still not happy. And at that point, it, I told myself it was because I was far from home. So I was like, once I move home, I'll be happy. <laughs> so then I got a job where I moved home. And that's the October where I was like, it's not going to change no matter where I go, no matter what I do. I don't want to do this. And when I had that realization, I effectively had a breakdown and I had to leave the school and go home because I couldn't stop crying because I was just so overwhelmed, especially with thoughts of like, what else could I possibly even do? Did I just screw up my whole life by making this decision? Am I trapped here? Is this what I have to do for the next 40 years? All of those thoughts. So that day when I ended up going home, I spent the whole afternoon just digging and finding out what other career options I had. And there wasn't a whole ton of information out there at that point. So eventually it did take me a very long time to do the research to figure out what it was I wanted to do with my career. But um, yeah, that first day in October was very, very rough. And I kind of decided then too, which I, I laugh looking back now, but at that time I was like, I'm going to have a new career by Christmas. I'm not going to come back next year. And I didn't, <laughs> but um, eventually I did move on into instructional design. And I'm very grateful to have the path that I went through from there, but it was a very rough realization for me, yeah. for sure. So talking about that, that, that rough transition, which I know so many people have felt, whether it be a teaching career or leaving and changing careers in general, why do you think it was so challenging and emotionally taxing on you to make that decision? Well, at that point, I had only been teaching in that October, that was the very beginning of my third year teaching. So I was like, I have thousands of tens of thousands of dollars in debt for this degree that I just spent all of this time and money and effort getting. And then I had started in my second year, I had started a master's degree to be a teacher of reading was the title of it. And I had decided I wasn't going to take out any more loans. So I was paying for it out of my own pocket with what I had. And it was especially hard because I was like, I'm in this hole so deep I don't see a way out of it. And I, at that point too, I thought that I didn't have any other options. I thought I would have to go back to school for something. And that realization was like, how the heck am I going to pay for anything else? And then at that point I was living with my parents, thankfully, but I was like, I, I can't think of a way out of this quickly and a way that isn't going to involve going back to school. Now being on the other side of the career change. I know that you can do it without going back to school. And there are tons of options that don't require going back to school. But like I had mentioned, there wasn't a whole lot of information out there for me when I first went through this. So that lack of information and that lack of knowledge and lack of knowing my options made me feel very trapped and overwhelmed. I can relate to that as well. Just making that kind of feeling trapped and not knowing where to go. And really not having that guidance that, I mean, career teachers, for example, they often have a path, an obvious path of how to get into the classroom for the most part, 
well, not everyone does that. It, it can be kind of like a tra- trapping feeling once you get there and realize, well, how do I get out? What do I do? And now being several years out of that, being able to really talk to teachers and help teachers through career coaching, what's something that you wish you would have known in that moment when you were feeling those, that feeling of wasting your, your energy or your master's degree and not knowing where to go? Oh, that's such a great question. There's like a million things I wish I could go back and tell myself, but probably the main one would be that tons of organizations and companies hire former teachers for tons of different positions. Because like I mentioned, when I was doing the research, there were like two career options that came up in all of this digging that I did. And they were all like school librarian or school adjacent. And I was like, I don't know if that would be a good fix for me and the way that I'm feeling, I kind of wanted to get out of education and maybe go into ed tech or a little bit more removed from the school building. So if I could go back, I would tell myself that I have lots of options and that I have really marketable skills that will help me land whatever job I choose. And I would also tell myself to, instead of starting with the question, what am I qualified to do? Start with what do I want to do? And then go from there. Because if I, if I were to base my career decision solely on what I was qualified for, granted, there were a lot of things that we are qualified for just right off the bat, but that may have limited my vision and I could have landed another job that I wasn't happy with. And I was, I was just settling for, because I was telling myself that that was my only option. So um, if you figure out what you want to do, then it makes more sense if there are steps you need to take between here and there, you at least have the drive and understanding that that's what you want. But those would be the main pieces I would tell myself back then. But like I mentioned, I have a ton of things I wish I could go back and shake 22 year old Laura and tell her, but (laughs) I can't, but everything happened for a reason. And I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did ultimately. Yeah. And so on that, that, realization and you talking about so many things that you wish you could have told your teacher self, your, your early teacher career, because in my mind, everyone's a teacher and everyone's a learner. Like you're still a teacher, whether you're in the classroom or not. Um, you just need to find that, that drive and that passion that lights that for you. And sometimes classroom teaching is just not it. Um, I'm wanting to know, because there's this, this idea that teachers often associate their entire identity with their, their profession. Um, and teacher identity is something that I've researched personally, I've grappled with, but then if there's a lot of just information out there for you, as you've transitioned out of the classroom, how do you still grapple with that idea that you still are a teacher? Is that something you think about? Sometimes? Yes. And I 100% agree with you. Um, in both things that you said that everybody's a teacher and everybody's a learner and that teachers get very caught up in identifying themselves as a teacher and like that is who you are but the work that I've done since then I've come to realize that my why is more so what drives me than the title that I have so for example what drives me in the work that I do no matter what kind of work it is is sharing what I know with other people to help them better their lives somehow. So right now I'm an instructional designer and I satisfy my why by sharing information with people to help them do their jobs better. And I'm working at a company that has a mission that ties very closely to my values and what 
what means a lot to me. So in a way I'm impacting somebody else's life by providing the right tools for the people to do their jobs. I also do career coaching because that's me sharing again, my knowledge to help somebody better their lives somehow. But now that I know this and I'm very comfortable with my why, I know that I could also, for example, I could be a travel agent and I'd be super happy because I'd be sharing my love of travel and finding the right deals and planning trips and all of those things with people so they have the best vacation possible. So I agree with you that teachers tend to attach themselves to that title and the fact that you are a teacher, but you can be a teacher in so many different capacities and that can still be fulfilling. Exactly. And so one of the things that I've always tried to impart and impart with myself as well is that your title doesn't define who you are. The skill set, the things you bring to the table, your why are really much more important than whatever title you have or where you're working or, you know, the the trajectory. Um, I think that a lot of teachers, when they step out of the classroom or they're even thinking about it, that scary kind of moment where they're sitting on the precipice of, of looking like the possibilities and realizing that it's not linear. I mean, when you, you sign up to be a teacher, you know exactly what you're going to be paid in 30 years most of the time. Like, you know that trajectory. And so for you, I know that you've, you've gone through different roles and you've kind of navigated the system. How do you grapple with that, knowing that sometimes when you do step out of the classroom or you do take a new venture, that there is that risk? So part of it, I totally agree, is scary, terrifying, because you feel like um, nothing is really set in stone and everything could change in a moment's notice. And that's absolutely true. I have shared before and I'll share again, I have been laid off and I was laid off from the one place where I thought was super stable and that I could stay there until I retired. But when I was laid off, I come kind of came to the conclusion that like nothing is really set in stone, but that's a good thing. Because when you realize that it's kind of freeing where you don't, feel like you have to commit to something for the rest of your life. You feel like, should something happen? Should you be laid off? Should an industry somehow disappear or whatever? You have the skills and you understand yourself and your skills well enough to know that you can go in any direction you want. Like I mentioned, if I decided tomorrow I want to be a travel agent, I could totally go down that route and that's fine. But it's it should be a freeing realization that you really have the freedom to not tie yourself down to anything and you can pursue what interests you. And should that not work out, you can go in a different direction, but I call myself the right fit career coach. And I've done that work and I share it with my clients because if you do the work up front to figure out your why you'll find your right fit and in a place where you could ultimately be there until you retire, which is a lot of people's dream for career wise, you just kind of settle in somewhere and you stay there forever. But I also teach it in a way that should everything disappear, and you need to find another job, you know yourself, like I mentioned, you know yourself, your skills, your why well enough to know what direction you want to go in, should it be a different industry, or a different career altogether. But whatever it is would be your right fit, because it would satisfy your what your how and your why. That's so, so important, like really knowing yourself and really being able to tap into your own skill set because, and your own way of thinking and knowing how to just frame where, where you want to go and, and kind of make 
jobs align to you rather than you aligning to a job. Exactly. Um, So it's interesting because on my podcast here, I always ask a hard question. We always talk about a a hard question that you want to just kind of unpack. What's something that you ask your, your people that you work with as a career coach um, to try to start unpacking that work, to get them to start realizing themselves? It sounds kind of funny, but you know how there's like the seven whys. I don't know if you've heard of that, but if you ask why enough, usually get to the root of something. So I, no matter what somebody says to me, what career path they want to pursue or anything, my first question is always why, why that one? And I'm not saying like, not that one or (laughs) pick something else, but I'm genuinely curious. What made you pick that? And a lot of times people will tell me because other teachers have done it because I know that that's an an option that a lot of former teachers have gone down. But then when you get into it, it's like, well, just because other people have done it doesn't mean that it's the right fit for you. I personally went into instructional design, but now that I've done instructional design for many years, I know it's not for everybody. And a lot of teachers that I know wouldn't love instructional design the way that I do. So just because some people went down that path doesn't mean that it's the best for you. So I always ask why (laughs) to ultimately get down to your why and then figure out what career paths match up with that. So that way you feel fulfilled and you feel like you're completing your personal mission by doing that work every day instead of just showing up at a job. I love that. You know, some of the simplest questions are often the best, right? And if you continue asking yourself the same question over and over, it really should align with your why. It should align with what makes you tick, what makes you excited, what your passions are, or where you're really your internal mission. I always, from when I was stepping out of the classroom, I actually had my, me write myself a mission statement. Um, I'm like, actually go through that process because you are asking yourself why, what really matters to you. I love so, that. So for you, just to pick a little bit more into to how you're feeling now, now that you have been out of the classroom for a while, you're working still with teachers and trying to find um, the right fit for teachers. And, and whether it's the classroom or maybe changing a slightly different school adjacent career or totally changing, um, what's something that you've really learned about yourself through this process? Oh, that's such a good question. In addition to refining my why and getting really clear on what exactly my why is over the past four years, I've also learned (laughs) that um, it's okay. It sounds a little ridiculous to say, but it's okay to be confident in your skills because we're so tempted to be like, I'm pretty good. I'm okay. But now that I've left teaching, I can be like, I'm very good at X, Y, and Z. I'm good at that. I know that. And I know my areas where I need to work on and get better at, but I've learned that, especially when applying to jobs, going into interviews and things and being able to say with confidence, I'm a good instructional designer. I get good results. I was a good teacher, all of those things. It was really hard for me to like come to terms with that. But once I realized that, and once I was able to speak to my skills and about myself in that way, that's when I started getting interviews at big companies that I wanted to work for like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and a couple other companies I interviewed with that were pretty large. It was, I, I attribute a lot of that to not only in my resume sounding confident about my skills and my accomplishments and proof that I've done well, 
but also in interviews, being able to say that I've done this and I've done this well, and also being able to humbly say, this is my area of improvement and this is what I'm doing about those things. Wow. Yeah. And it's interesting that you brought that up because I think that rings true for me and it rings true for other teachers that I've talked to that have stepped out of the classroom or thinking about something that's different, um, dreaming the possibilities that it's interesting that you say that you try to, you know, you build that confidence. We as teachers, people that love kids build confidence with kids all the time, but why is it, and maybe you have some thoughts about this, but why is it that teachers go into this when they switch careers without that confidence there's this like lack of confidence and you almost have to boost yourself back up when you're entering into the workplace yeah I think part of that comes down to the environment that teachers are in constantly and it's constant evaluation criticism from so many angles and I mean even in middle school I was getting criticism from kids like it's not limited to just administration or anything like that so I think all of that kind of chips away at your own confidence, not to mention seeing like Pinterest worthy classrooms and all of these teachers in the news who go above and beyond. And you're like, I'm just, I'm just treading water over here. And I think I'm doing okay. But when, when you compare yourself to anybody else in the field, you're like, wow, I'm not doing nearly as well as them. I must not be very good at this. And I think that comes unfortunately pretty naturally to teachers especially with like teachers pay teachers and all of these things where you share resources and that's great. But then you look down at it and you're like, I could never create something like that. I wish I was creative like that. So I think that's fair, but I also think that part of what helped boost my confidence once I left the classroom was a lot of people outside of education view teachers as educating and learning experts. I remember the very first time somebody told me, well, you're the learning expert. What do you think? And I think my brain exploded and I just like, I couldn't process anything. I was like, I'm not an expert. But then I sat back and I was like, you know what? I am an expert. I have degrees in this. I've done this for years. I'm pretty darn good at it. So yeah, I am a learning expert. So I definitely think part of it is the environment. And especially if you're not getting awards or recognized for like being the best, it's easy to think that you're just, you're just okay. Whereas a lot of teachers are out there are fantastic teachers and they would make fantastic people in other positions too. But the environment kind of chips away at your confidence so that when you do decide you want to move on, you're like, well, I'm just okay at this job. So hopefully I'm better as an instructional designer or in ed tech or anything like that. And I think you kind of need to reframe it that teaching is hard and you're doing well. You're doing a lot better than some people are. So just take full credit for that. You've worked really hard. You have the knowledge. You are an expert and run with it that way. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you have all these degrees. Many teachers have many years of experience. And yet they're still not seeing themselves as an expert, um, an expert in the field that does the job so naturally. And that really is showing that you have just a skill set that you might not even realize yourself, right? Um, one last thing that I would love to ask you is, is there one real nugget information that you would love anyone listening, whether they're a teacher or someone tr- transitioning to careers or just trying to learn about themselves? What's something that you would hope everyone would be able to get? Ooh, 
That's a tough question. So my, I, I always joke that I should get it on a t-shirt or tattoo it to my forehead because they say it all the time. But when you do your research, whether it's on the job or on yourself, right, learning more about yourself and what you want, your job search is much more productive. So I also do resume writing on the side. And some people will come to me and ask me to write their resume for them because they know that I understand the job and that I can accurately represent their skills for the job that they're targeting, which is great. And I'm happy to do that. And I'm happy to have those conversations. But I also think that they need to learn the job because even if I write the most perfect resume and you get the interview, if you don't show your knowledge and understanding of whatever position it is in the interview, then there's, they're going to notice a disconnect between your resume showing that you understand the position and you, your answers. So always do your research, feel like you understand the position very, very well. And part of that is just talking to people, talking to people who are currently in the role saying, what is your job like? (laughs) Tell me a little bit about it. What do you do? Who do you work with? And those things. And those conversations and that part of doing the research also includes doing research on yourself. So when you're having these conversations with people, you're naturally going to ask yourself, do I want to do that? Does that sound like something I would like? Does that align with what I thought this position was? And all of those things. And that'll help you dig deeper and figure out your why as well. So for example, if you had just decided you wanted to go into like an ed tech position and you wanted to do customer success, And when you did some digging, you found out that it involves way more than you thought it did, or you're an introvert and it involves a lot of extroverted activities and you're not necessarily comfortable with that. That's fine. You learn something. So now, you know, maybe you're interested in ed tech, but a different kind of position. So in having those conversations, doing the research, your job search will be much more effective in the end. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give people. And I feel like that's the one thing that's commonly overlooked when people want to change careers, because they think that um, instructional designers just do lesson planning for corporate. I can do that. But there's a lot more that goes into it. Some places involve um, video editing and audio editing. And some places you have to produce the videos yourself. So figuring out those things would come from conversations with people who do it. And reading the job descriptions and all of those things. So doing your research is free. And it's probably the best thing that you could do for your career change. I love that, Laura. I just wanted to say thank you again for sharing your expertise, your knowledge, your story of how you grappled with uh, realizing that you wanted to step out of the classroom and try something different and really acting bravely um, and really working through that process. If someone wanted to reach out to you about, about your experience, how would they do that? So I have a couple of different social media platforms where you can reach out. Um, on Instagram, I'm the at the right fit career coach. And on LinkedIn, I'm LinkedIn slash Laura Hoyer. There's a bunch of letters after my name. <laughs> so um, pretty easy to find me. Either way, send me a message. I'm notoriously pretty quick to respond. Um, and I'm always happy to just chat with people and either troubleshoot and figure out where your job search might be going off the rails or, um, what you could be working on, or even simple things like who you should be connecting with. 
So I offer a bunch of different services, but if you just want to have a conversation, that's totally fine too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Laura. I appreciate you being here today. As always, don't forget to make sure that you really are connecting with you, with your identity, checking in. And if you aren't subscribed, please make sure that you do. Share this episode if you have someone that needs to hear this or would love Teaching from Beyond the Desk podcast as well. And we'll be back together with Teaching from Beyond the Desk, where we keep teaching and learning on this journey together.